this is Dr. Marta Catalinas. I'm a pediatrician in Round Rock, Texas. We are in the Austin area, and I am here with my friend, Fer Candil. Again, hi, Fer, how are you? Hi, Marta, how are you today? I'm, I'm really good. I'm a chef in Paella Tapas and More, catering business here in Round Rock, Texas, too. We are very happy to be with you one more week. Last week, I know many people listened to uh, our podcast and our YouTube channel, and also many people do the, the recipe, the St. James cake. So I'm so glad many people could celebrate the, the Easter with our recipe. I did it. I did it. I'll, I'll send you pictures, but I yes, did it. Um, yes. <laughs> no, I was telling you that I did it, Fair. I did the recipe. I made yes. it here at home. And it was, of course, delicious. Everybody loved it. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that wonderful, easy to make, nutritious, good tasting. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you like it, you enjoy it. It's so easy to make it. And it's, it's worth it, totally worth it. <laughs> so, before we yes, go to the definitely. recipe, Marta, I, I think this pandemic is still on the air, of course. Uh, it's very sad, but it's, it's what it is. So, we have to live one day at a time. And I, I still have some questions for you. Sure. So one of these is about the mask. You know, they really uh, protect everyone who wore in the mask? Yes, the short answer is yes. And we are gonna have to use a little bit of common sense. I hear discussions in social media that you say, I say, this one is good, that one is not good. But just think about it. Anything that is gonna isolate, that is gonna keep the little droplets of saliva that when we spread, when we breathe, when we cough, when we talk to others, or is gonna keep those from coming to us, to our nose and our mouth and our eyes, it's gonna be protective. Now, some masks are better than others. I am old enough fair to remember when surgical masks were made of cloth. Remember oh, wow. that? Yeah. Or different layers of cloth. Now we have better ones. What happens with cloth is that any woven material leaves little holes in between, right? So the new, the newer surgical masks that are uh, non-reusable, they are um, made of other material that is non-woven, and so it protects better. But okay. common sense applies. You have to go to the store. You don't have a surgical mask. You have a one that you made or your friend made or use it. Anything that is gonna keep you from touching objects and then bringing your hands to your, to your face is gonna be protective. So it's one of the tools together with the isolation, social distancing, washing hands, all the precautions that we already taking. The mask is one more. We have it, use it, stop. Okay blaming and, and and saying bad things about each other okay no, no, that's good. yeah i know because probably the coronavirus is not in the air when you are talking but of course when you have the mask at your at your face you can touch your face literally so right. so it's a double protection it keeps you from spreading it because if it's in your mucous membranes, you're gonna spread it when you talk or when you sneeze or when you cough. And at the same time, it's gonna keep you from uh, touching your face. Because if you exactly. go to the store, you're gonna be touching many objects there, yeah. unless you wear uh, gloves. And by the way, see, the, the skin is our natural protection, right? 
Yes. Unless you have broken skin in your, in your hands, washing them should be enough. Well, we put an extra layer of protection there when we go some places like the store where we're gonna be touching different things. Yeah, so and we have the eyes, the nose, the mouth. We have many, many ways for the coronavirus to go right. in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> wow, also we talk about the children. And I heard it's mandatory now in Travis County here in Texas, uh, the kids uh, over, I think, 10 years old has to wear in the mask. It's mandatory. Uh, but not the kids under 10 years old. Uh, is because they are less affected? You know, again, <clears throat> common sense. Right now, the kids are at home, which is where they should be. Uh, we know that the pediatric population are affected less than adults, and we don't really understand why. Mm -hmm. I think we touched up a little bit uh, last time how this coronavirus is not really new. It is new to, uh, it's a new strain, right? The genetic information that this virus has is different from the old coronaviruses we are used to. But coronavirus, uh, the humankind pro produces colds and bronchitis and pneumonia all through the winter. And most of us, by the time we reach adulthood, we are immune to it. And I was telling you how this is responsible for a high percentage of the colds that your kids brought home when they start nursery school and when they start school. Is, is it that because kids are so exposed to the regular coronavirus, are they somehow protected against this new strain to a certain point? And that's why is, this is responsible for the difference we are seeing. We don't know the answer to that question. It makes sense to think that maybe, but it is also true that the first thing that we cut was schools. The first thing that we isolated were schools got closed, everybody was sent home, kids stay home. Now they are saying, oh, well, maybe because kids are not that affected, we should let them out, we should let them go to the park. Well, I don't think it's a good idea because the adults have to go with them. So now you are mingling adults there too. And we don't know to what point those kids are harboring the virus inside their airway. The virus is multiplying and they are able to spread it. There are many questions that we don't have answers for. And erring the side of, of caution is what we are doing right now. And so I don't, I don't care if you're 10, 12, 11, if you go out, and kids shouldn't be going out to gather anywhere. You should wear a mask. If you're an adult, of course, you have to go to the store, you have to go to the pharmacy. Just wear a mask, wear gloves, wash your hands, keep social distancing, all these advices that we have been giving. That's true. And um, the other question I, I really want to ask you is, uh, what about the taste? The testing? Are the tests reliable or not? Because I have my sister and my mom in Spain my mom was hospitalized and she was test positive, but she's not treating with medication and she's doing well. So I, I don't know what to think, <laughs> Marta. I want to ask you as a doctor, as a pediatrician, what do you think? Yeah, you there's a lot of um, misinformation and, uh, about the test. So viruses are creatures that are difficult to culture. Traditionally, you have a bacteria, you culture it in the lab and you look under a microscope and you see it. Viruses are difficult to culture and it takes a long, long time. So by the time you get the results, they are not good anymore. So we have to rely on other faster tests. And the most uh, reliable one is the PCR, the polymerase chain reaction. 
what it does is it tells us, do you have the virus? Yes or no? So what it looks for is genetic material. These viruses are RNA, they are not DNA, they are RNA, the viruses. So it looks at your secretions in your nose, in your fangs, in your mouth, and um, gets a sample of that, and then it puts them together with a um, sequencing of uh, that matches the virus and sees yes or no, do you have that sequence in your, in your upper airway? And the answer may just be yes or no, okay? And so those are very reliable tests, yes. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yes, it is reliable. Now, the thing is that who should have the test done? Ideally, ideal, in ideal situation, everybody should have the test done, right? Yeah. yeah. But we don't have an ideal situation. We never do. So we have to reserve the test to those who we really, really want to know, do you have the virus or not? So hospitals, doctors, offices. Here in Central Texas, the system that we have, at least in pediatric offices, is you call the office. You call the office. We are going to ask you questions. We're going to offer you a video conference also. And then we determine, are you at risk? Or have you been exposed? Or are the symptoms consistent enough to where we have to ask you to come to the office and get the test done, or go to one of the testing centers, or go to the hospital because you don't sound good. It looks like it's already affecting your lungs. So there are many, many, many case situations and we want to treat them all individually. In some countries, what they did is they say, oh, test, okay, let's get the test. They gather hundreds of people coming into a place, even if it's a parking lot, and exhausted the protective gear, uh, healthcare providers were there day and night doing this test, gathering of people, that created even more spread of the, of the virus. So we have to be careful. Okay. We have to really have a protocol. We have to have a system. We have to have a way. And uh, trust us, call your doctor and go by what they advise you because your situation may be different from your neighbors. Wow, that's uh, interesting. That's a good no, thing. Let me tell you what the, the new question is, because once we start opening up the society, we go back to work. Now we have to wonder, are we immune to this? Do we have antibodies? Like if I go to the office tomorrow, do I have antibodies where I would, I'll be protected or not? So that's a different test. That's, that's a serology test. That's a test that is done in blood. It's done with a drop of blood. And what this test tells us is, do you have antibodies? Are you protected? Yes or no? Okay. And it even tells you what kind of antibodies. If it's the IgM type, so those are the ones that you make when you are currently incubating or, or sick with the disease, or you have the virus recently, or the IgM, IgG, pardon me, that tells um, if it's positive, then it's because you had the, the virus in the past, somewhere in the past. And so those tests are very, very informative, but people are misinterpreted them. I had a call the other day, somebody saying, oh, I went to one um, testing place where they are doing serology tests, and I don't have the virus. I don't have, I said, wait, wait a minute, serology. So you don't have, what is it that you don't have? Well, they send me a picture of the, of the test results. What he doesn't have is antibodies. That's different. Uh, 
Ah, that's a very interesting point, Marta. Yes or no, or do you have the antibody? Yes or no. That's why you have to go by what your healthcare provider is telling you. At one point, it may make sense to do a serology test or a PCR test or both, and every case is going to be a little, a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. So. It's very interesting explanation about the test because everyone thinking the test is the, 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 the miracle or something everyone really want to know. Sometimes the scurry came from the, from the dab, you know, like a, yes. I have the, the virus, I don't have it. And you are scared, like, a, okay, you don't know. And you're oh, thinking the test is the result, but it's not. Right. But just think about it. See, at the beginning, okay. whenever the panic was going through Spain, oh my God. in the United yeah. States, New York. And so if you're at home and you all of a sudden develop the symptoms, you have a fever, you are coughing. Okay, uh, you go to the ER. Well, now, if you do have the virus, you're spreading it to all these people over there. And if you don't have it, you're probably going to get it there. And so we have to, that's why we created protocols and we we decided that at least for our area over here and for the incidents that we have the best way is to contact your healthcare provider don't rush any don't rush to consequences don't don't isolate yourself if you have symptoms so first, first common second. sense first common sense common sense second common self-discipline sense. stay at home wash your hands keep safe and call your doctor and I call think. your doctor it's perfect. Yeah, that's a great rules. I really, I really like it. I really love it, Marta. Thank you for all the explanation. I think it's very helpful for everyone. Uh, now, like we are all very tired. <laughs> yeah, we are all. Uh, it's very frustrating. It's, it's challenging for families, for people who are alone, for people with children. And um, I, I can tell my young families are getting tired of, of the situation. They don't know what to do with the kids anymore. That's why I think these uh, recipes that you are sharing are a great, great way to improve your immunity, improve that <laughs> immune system, give it good food. That's what I try. I try to find recipes with um, ingredients. Like everyone I think has at home, make it easy. We have more time to cook, so we have to enjoy. And what you're gonna course. give us today? Which one is the recipe for today? I have a very easy recipe, but it's taking a little more time. But it, I think it's a recipe you have to do with your kids and the whole family because it's very fun recipe. So I'm gonna make a meat roll with tomato sauce, but has a little couple of trickies to do it because I would like to add some vegetables to the roll. So I was thinking, okay. Let's gonna prepare some tomato sauce with spinach. Mm. So some kids don't like spinach like that. Probably the adults like it in salad in many ways. But the kids, sometimes the spinach is a very strong flavor. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think if we saute the spinach with olive oil and use the blender to mix with the tomato sauce, the kids can eat spinach, especially the, the little ones. And it's a tomato sauce. So all the kids love tomato sauce. If you don't like tomato sauce, you can use whatever sauce you have or even without sauce. So it's gonna, we are going to make a roll with potato and we're going to stuff the roll with uh, meat. Don't have to be meat. I pretend that the people use the ingredients like they have at home. 
So if you have any leftover of chicken because you may roast the chicken uh, last weekend or you have any leftovers of any meat, that's great. If you don't have any chicken or meat on that moment, you can use tuna, you can use fish, oh. you can use uh, ham if you like it. You Ham and cheese, that's perfect. So don't feel so strict about... So the inside, let me ask you this question, the inside of the roll can be any of those things that you mentioned, right? It can be ground exactly. beef, but it can be any meat. Exactly. Any, even you can use anything, anything to fill and stuff your roll. Okay. So the, the, the ingredients are uh, potatoes, of course, because we are going to use the potatoes. So the, the potatoes has to be boiling with uh, with the skin the the whole potatoes so we are going to need uh, ground beef or chicken uh, white potatoes or whatever potatoes you need with the skin we don't have to peel it when we are going to boil it a little onion and garlic green bell pepper red pepper if you don't like pepper you don't have to use peppers remember nothing is mandatory it just make the stuff a little more tasty some spices you can use whatever you have at home or whatever you like it. If you like a little spicy or your kids like a little spicy. I'm not a very spicy person, so I don't like to add any spicy on this plate, uh, on this dish. But uh, if you have oregano, basil, Italian herbs, whatever you have, that's perfect to give a little more flavor to the meat and to the potato. And of course, extra virgin olive oil. You know, I cook everything with extra virgin olive oil. And <laughs> And grated cheese. You can use whatever you have. Parmesan. I have manchego, so I'm gonna use manchego on the recipe because I love it. <laughs> and it's a really good uh, cheese. But whatever you have, you have mozzarella, it's good. You have uh, parmesan, that's great. So these are the ingredients. So this recipe has like different steps. So we are going to prepare for one part, the potatoes, yes boiling the, the whole potatoes and we have to put the potatoes when the water is cold so just lay warm water and put the whole potatoes oh really when the water is cold yes no one is boiling just oh. from the beginning the potatoes are with the water and it's medium water because we really want to to keep all the starch from the potatoes mm -hmm. inside mm -hmm. the potatoes so we don't want the skin broke or something because this starch on the potatoes is going to help us to make like a dog, you know, to make the roll. So it's a little tricky, but it's, it's, it's easy. It's just don't put so the heat high. Just keep the heat medium. That's why are you, that is why you keep the skin. Um, yes, exactly. We don't want to miss the starch because this starch with the potatoes is going to help us to keep the potatoes manageable. And mm -hmm. we can prepare the dog. So if we miss the um, the starch, the potato is gonna be very um, soft to work mm -hmm. with with it. You know. So the idea is to keep the potatoes in one way. The other way, the other step is preparing the meat. So we are going to prepare a sofrito with the garlic, onion, olive oil, peppers. When they are very soft and um, there is saute very well. Just add the meat, the spices you like it. Remember anything you have at home, oregano, tarragon, pepper, salt, whatever you have, and a little spoon of tomato. 
and uh, cook very well the beef or the chicken or the leftover you have at home or ham, whatever you like it. And all of these, when they are done, just remove from the heat and drain in a colander because we don't need extra liquid for our roll. And we are going to use all these liquids in our tomato sauce for the side. Oh, so don't discard it. Just keep it. Yes, exactly. We are not going to waste anything. It's time okay. to use everything. <laughs> to make the potato a dog, we are going to use a grated. And we are going to use the big holes. If you don't have a grated, a grater, that's fine. You can cut in little pieces and use your smash to make a smash mm. potato. Mm. So it smash very well. When you smash the potato, you put some spices also if you like it and one egg. So the egg is going to help us to make a really good dog. The last thing is make the roll. So we need like a, a film in our counter top in the kitchen. I like to put like a two, um, two uh, together, the film, you know, because sometimes the roll can be very wide and the film mm -hmm. is not very wide. So to be sure, put two stir, uh, to a strip of uh, film on your countertop, sticky very well to the countertop, put your potato so, and make a square, a little thin square. After, put your meat, which just drain it, and put over the potato, and leave like a one inch in every side, because we don't have the meat exactly finished with the potato. We need a little space for the potato. And the third layer, the cheese, the grated cheese, whatever you have. Mm. So all your cheese on the top, on the meat. And we are gonna start rolling. And it's the best part and the kids love it because you have the film and just push the first roll with the potatoes and press, 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 press. Not too much, you know, the common sense we talked before, so just press a little and keep rolling. Take the film again. So the film is going to help you to rolling your roll. So you have rolling and rolling. And when you finish, just keep pushing. The kids love to do that. And you can tell them, okay, just push the roll, push the roll, push the roll. It's very slowly. And we just finish the whole roll. Yeah, push totally because the last layer has to be really sticky and just move to an oven plate with a paper, grease with olive oil or butter, whatever you want to put, and close the sides of the roll with the potato. So just close very well, and you have your beautiful roll, just like that, put in the oven for 20, 30 minutes until it's a little color on the top, caramel color, remove from the oven, Put some cheese, more cheese, and grate it. Mm. And that's all. Ten more minutes, just on the broil with the cheese, and you have a really whole plate. Once we have the meat and the potato ready to use, we have to prepare our sauce, our tomato sauce. And we are going to prepare a very special tomato sauce because we are going to add spinach to the tomato sauce. So even if you have a jar of uh, tomato, fried tomato, or you have just crushed tomato, uh, you can use it. 
the only thing is you have to saute the spinach with a little olive oil and once you have the spinach very soft and just cook with the olive oil yes uh, put in your blender with uh, your tomato sauce you have ready and mix in your blender until the spinach are totally um, mixed with the tomato sauce and pour in a bowl. Don't forget to use all the liquids we have from our meats. This one is so easy for the kids. They love it because it's potato, it's tomato, it's meat or chicken, and it's nutritive. Proteins. Absolutely. It has a vegetables with the tomato sauce, with the spinach. I think it's a really whole meal. Very good option for this time. It's not very expensive. It's very cheap ingredients. Everyone has a home, I think. That's all. Meal. You don't need to prepare anything else. You, it is exactly. a meal. Exactly. Yeah. And it's That's very full uh, meal, you know? Yeah. So A very complete feel. meal uh, just with one dish. Yes. That's what we like these days. We want to prepare food maybe that will last a couple of days and that we can share and that, that uh, also the kids can help. That's, I like that idea. Yes. Uh, let them involve. They need exactly. to learn. They need to know um, mm -hmm. how to cook. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Exactly. And, uh, what do you think of, um, I know we talked about this before, but keeping schedules and the timing, the timing. I talk the about timing. it in the book also how important the timing is yeah. and how easy it is now that we are home all day to kind of lose sense of when it's time to eat, when it's time to not eat. <laughs> what do you think about that? I, I think now, like, we are not in a hurry. <clears throat> That's true. We have a lot of time at home. Uh, even if we are busy or we are working at home, there are more time to talk and to enjoy. A little tips, um, I think it can work. Each, everyone knows their own home and the habits and the costumes we have with our family and our kids. Um, but now it's time to eat. First, sit on the table. I think it's so important. Even if it is a sandwich, sit on the table. Everyone sit on the table, try to eat at the same time. Even if it is a sandwich or something, don't try to eat, stand up. Just sit on the table, put some plates, some napkins. Take your time to prepare the meal. Uh, lunch, if the parents are working at home, is probably a short time because they have to keep working, okay? But um, the kids need this time to be sit and, and eat. But the dinner is a great time to keep the electronics and the news away. And for the parents, uh, one thing I think um, works very well is find one thing to talk with the kids. Even if they are a little ones, they love to talk and they like to, to be a, a star on the dinner. So you can sit on the table and the parents, like a um, complice, can have in mind one thing to talk at the table can be a movie, a book, the puzzle they are doing as a family, the game, or even the kids can start talking about one thing. So the parents has to provoke them to talk about one thing. So when everyone is talking and listening on the table, the food is going slowly. 
So you don't sit on the table and start eating all the time. So it's good to leave the silverware on the plate, keep talking, take, retake the, the silverware and keep eating. So all these things make the dinner time uh, long in time. So it's probably taken one hour, that's perfect. We are not in a hurry, you know, we have to stay at home. Right. For the kids, it's good to have the habit to enjoy the food. And other thing is show the kids to be a really good cooks or chefs or a very good foodies, you know, because you can show them how to enjoy the food. What do you think is the smell? Or if they help to prepare the meal, like this uh, roll meat, they really have to enjoy how it's tasted, what do you think? We have to put more salt or more pepper. What do you think? Do you think the potato is good cook? Or, you know, provoke them, be creative and talking. So they have to uh, uh, educate the palate of the kids. Like, okay, do you like with more tomato sauce? Or do you think we have to put more cheese the next time? Or something? So they can start feeling integrated, you know? Um, like a team working, preparing the meal, enjoy the meal, tasting like a chef or a foodie. And I think it's good because it's discovered on them and educate them in a world. Like it's about food and good food, make it at home. And sometimes it's anti-stress for many people. You know, in Spain, many men cooking at home on weekends because it's something unstressed for them. And and it's very creative, the, the cooking. So I really recommend it to enjoy the time at, this, at the table and talking and um, enjoy, enjoy the food. <laughs> Great. Well, that is a very good recipe that I'm going to make today. Ooh. Definitely. I'll let you know. Yes. <laughs> you have to send me the pictures from the, the St. James cake. I can't oh, wait. Yes, yes. I'm sending them to you right now. You'll see. Perfect. Not good. Well, thank okay. you very much, Fair. It's always a pleasure. And we are going to continue with this series once a week. We'll yes. continue to talk about health issues. The coronavirus is what is going on right now. Um, but we can talk about other issues too. So if you can send us your comments, your questions. I'll be glad to go over them. Yes. Thank you, Marta, so much. You always open a window. You always give me some really valuable information, and especially on this time. So you keep us calm down using our common sense. So thank you so much for your time, and we'll be in touch. <laughs> thank you, Fer. Thank you, Marta. Bye-bye.